latest Avatar is being met with controversy. Today I discuss why. This is Scott's Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about James Cameron, in particular, um, the reactions to comments that he made in a 2010 interview about the uh, Lakota people that have been uh, not very well received, and understandably, because said comments are gross. And this led me to just larger, in broad, broader picture, thinking about uh, who James Cameron's career and how or why he might just not listen to um, to critiques of his work in any sort of meaningful way, and part of that has to do with his success. So without further ado, let's get started. After years of hype, an entire theme park section dedicated to the original film's world Pandora, and over a decade of critiques, both in good faith and decidedly not, James Cameron's long-awaited sequel to Avatar, Avatar The Way of Water, has arrived. And much like the last film, there have been pretty strong box office numbers, uh, despite and and decent reviews from critics and a surge of strong opinions either for or against Cameron's approach to filmmaking and this property in particular. But it wouldn't be a James Cameron moment without his own comments undercutting his work. In particular, a 2010 interview from The Guardian where Cameron spoke about the inspiration for Avatar. And this is a quote. I couldn't help but to think that if the, quotes, Lakota Sioux had a time window and they could see the future and they could see their kids committing suicide at the highest suicide rate in the nation because they were hopeless and they were a dead-end society, which is what is happening now, they would have fought a lot harder. I'm not going to spend much time dissecting these comments and why they are messed up, but I'll try to summarize my feelings on this, this succinctly. A filmmaker who made possibly more money than anyone has ever made for a single film who used indigenous American culture as the backdrop and inspiration for said film making disparaging comments about how a specific tribe should have behaved differently, as if the treatment of American Native peoples wasn't a systemic genocide by the United States people, government, and army that didn't meet heavy armed resistance is one of the most offensive and boneheaded things someone could say. As of this writing, I don't believe Cameron has apologized or clarified his comments, nor has he increased the influence or impact of indigenous people in his work. Does this surprise me? No. Will it stop a certain sect of film meeks from loving his work? Also no. So why is that? Well, I've got a theory, but first we've got to go into the pieces and parts of James Cameron. So let's start with part one, James Cameron, the solid action filmmaker. I'm not going to say James Cameron is untalented or a hack or anything like that. What I will say is that he is a very talented technical filmmaker with a gift for staging and shooting dramatic action, whether it is a man fighting a killer robot, a robot fighting another killer robot, a giant aquatic disaster, or a pitched battle on an alien world. He gets a lot of things right that many modern action filmmakers fail at. You're never going to look at one of his movies and say it looks like garbage. Even Reagan-era fluff like First Blood Part 2 shows this off and makes Stallone look possibly the best he's ever looked, and that's saying something. Nearly all of his projects have succeeded, and succeeded big, which brings us to another contributing factor to Cameron's filmmaking worldview. Part 2, James Cameron, The Defeater of Naysayers. 
The second portion of James Cameron's career can best be described as him making giant gambles that have all paid off and paid off in gigantic ways. The big swing started in the 1990s with The Abyss, which was an effects-driven message movie that got plenty of critical praise and just enough at the box office to greenlight Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And from there on out, whatever Cameron has wanted to make has been box office gold. Terminator 2 was a phenomenon and blended practical action and CGI in great ways. True Lies might be the biggest action romantic comedy of all time. Titanic, a melodrama centered around the most infamous nautical disaster in memory, was the biggest movie of all time until Cameron's own Avatar came along and rigged up a ton of Oscars. And then he had Avatar, a movie that everyone said would bomb and looked terrible that became the most successful movie ever made. In essence, whenever the world at large has said that James Cameron is way off base, he's proven them wrong. And in an era when filmmakers like Cameron seemingly have less control over their projects or find their talents pushed into existing properties, he definitely stands out. Which brings us to part three, James Cameron, the defender of quote-unquote pure cinema. So I'll chalk this one up to MCU fatigue. Another reason so many people get hyped for James Cameron projects is that they're just his. They're not part of some larger cinematic universe. They're written, produced, and often shot directly by him. So if you're someone who kind of likes our auteur theory in film, i.e. the director is the god king of the movie, is sick of Marvel movies with frequently choppy action editing and rushed CGI, the meticulously crafted worlds and action that Cameron takes time to make are worth celebrating. I've seen plenty of movie commentary people raving about how different Avatar The Way of Water feels in theaters after a bunch of superhero movies. So, I get it. There's no one like him, and with this level of power and money in the filmmaking world as it currently stands. Martin Scorsese can rail against Marvel all he wants, but he's not going to beat them at the box office with another brooding R-rated gangster drama. But Cameron's adventures in Pandora certainly can. There's just one problem. Cameron seems to have let the success go to his head. And Cameron does not seem to take criticism at all, unless it is about the technical elements like the stars in the night sky in Titanic from Neil deGrasse Tyson. When honestly, the easiest target for Cameron is his writing. Which brings us to part four, James Cameron, not a deep writer. The best critique you can level at James Cameron's movies is that the writing reveals where his focus is. He's like simple, good versus evil narratives and seemingly puts all of his biggest efforts into images and spectacle. In a visual first medium, that'll get you pretty far. But it also means that his movies, especially since 1990, all feature a number of cringeworthy writing elements, despite their visual flair. The, the Abyss is so on the nose about its message and dramatic elements that you'd assume you were watching a Roland Emmerich movie. Terminator 2 features a bunch of immediately dated dialogue from the young John Connor. The True Lies villain could have an entire thesis written about its stereotypical portrayal of Islamic terrorists as woefully incompetent but also the most dangerous men in the world. Titanic features a ton of iconic moments and imagery, but only a handful of lines in a three-hour movie will really stick with you, and the ones that do all have a visual component. For instance, I'm the king of the world. And honestly, name your favorite movie or line of the original Avatar. I'll wait. Every filmmaker has their foibles, and Cameron's is that he prioritizes visuals and doesn't seem to let anyone else see the script. But if you succeed over and over again, you might start popping off some truly stupid takes. And then we get to part five, the big butt, James Cameron, a very obtuse man. I'll be the first to admit that there's a natural disconnect between older filmmakers and the modern movie-consuming and discussion public. 
Whether they acknowledge it or not, a lot of older white male filmmakers are used to speaking more freely than we might expect about their work or about their film opinions in general. It's how you end up with certain filmmakers becoming a Twitter target for 48 hours after their latest out-of-context or eye-catching quote hits the internet. Spielberg has critiqued streaming, Ridley Scott said millennials were too on their phones to see The Last Duel, and Scorsese's critiques of the MCU without looking at his own backyard, where he spent millions on de-aging effects for three of the biggest actors ever for a Netflix-funded movie. But folks love to get Cameron's thoughts because he seems to be the guy in the middle. He's an old white man director who makes nothing but crowd-pleasing blockbusters, so why wouldn't you ask for his two cents? Well, because Cameron doesn't get it. And by it, I mean the world. Or why certain stories appeal to people. And instead often presents his films as the right way of doing things. Take his comments about the Wonder Woman movie. Is the movie flawed? Yes. Are there aspects about Diana's character that you would change? Yes. But does that mean she's not a good female hero because she's not exactly like Cameron's version of Ripley? Obviously not. There are plenty of moments within that movie that can inspire women and girls and give them examples of moral and physical strength. Didn't stop him from dumping on it, though. Just like having Avatar compared to other white savior narratives didn't stop him from making his comments about the Lakota people. The same fuck you, I do what I want energy that people love about Cameron is the same thing that makes him say idiotic things. If enough people call you the savior of cinema, it is very easy to ignore critiques of your work, or if anyone who is offended, by what you make movies about or what you say about said movies. Put another way, James Cameron has spoken from a place of cinematic privilege for over three decades, and it's a shame he doesn't use that privilege for anyone but himself. This has been Scott's Off Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Off Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.